to those that are on vacation, have a good time. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go with the nugget to begin with. Time. Time is given to us. Time is given to us to prepare for eternity. Wow. So don't waste any time. Okay. Glory to God. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks as we look to your word. We're asking that your Holy Spirit, who resides within us, will open our eyes of our understanding to greater revelation than that which is being taught. We praise you for the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, uh, this morning we have, uh, I, I named this sermon, a sure foundation. Well, so far it has been all foundation, so this is called a sure foundation. Um, the, founding prince, uh, the founding scripture we have utilized for looking at God's word is, anybody can tell me that one? Well, we better all turn to it. It's Second Tim Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that a man may be made perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And uh, what prompted us to start uh, looking at the Word of God in this way or looking at the foundation is because so many Christians are being so... Uh, deceived or lax in their worship of God that uh, you know they're just kind of abandoning the word so this is why we're looking at the word to get a better understanding of foundation we see here that God's word is complete and all inclusive in its purpose its present and its presentation as it is given to men so you can't add or you cannot take anything away from the Word of God. It's something that we need to cling to because it's going to be with us forever. So we better know what it says. Especially since we are living in the last days and things can, uh, are getting riled up quite a bit here. The Word of God has been orchestrated by God, although it has been written, over, uh, written by, by over... 40 chosen men of God, holy men of God, in a span of about 1,800 years. And every book has God's DNA, and the message presented is open to the reader. So nothing, there's nothing hidden in the Word of God to us today. Glory to God. Uh, so last week we opened with the New Testament and what is to be revealed to men and true and the true application to man's needs. So we, as we read the New Testament, we're finding out applications that we need to apply to our lives today. The Old Testament gave, gave us uh, shadows of what was to come. The New Testament has opened up those shadows and given us a sure foundation, an understanding. 
So we looked at the four Gospels to begin with. It was Matthew. We saw uh, Jesus is the kingly Messiah of the Jewish prophecy. In Mark, Jesus is presented as the servant of Jehovah God. In Luke, we said, Behold the man. This, that book seems to be written to the Gentiles to say, Okay, this is the man that we need to look at. In the book of John, presents the Lord Jesus as God, and he is the source of the abundant life that is offered to all men. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Then we looked at the history, which is the book of Acts, and it deals with mainly the early church and uh, the steps that uh, took place of spreading of the gospel. Then we started the 14 epistles of Paul, in the book of Romans, we found that there is a plan of salvation, justification, and sanctification is revealed to us. In 1st and 2nd Corinthians, uh, there is a cleansing of the church. Things got kind of messed up. Uh, then when uh, they failed to practice uh, sanctification, in the book of uh, Galatians, we found that uh, there was a de denial of justification. They were falling back into works. Uh, apart from uh, faith, um, they were using ceremonial observances to say that they're saved. So that's what Galatians. And we start this morning with the book of... Thank you. Ephesians. Uh, Ephesians is one of the uh, five prison epistles that uh, Paul wrote. The subject is the mystery referred to in Romans chapter 16. So let's go back to Romans for a moment. Chapter 16, verse 25. Romans chapter 16, looking at verse 25, it reads from the King James, Now unto him that is the power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept uh, secret since, it, uh, the, since the world began. Let me read that from the Amplified. Now unto him was able to strengthen you in the faith which is in accordance with my gospel and the preaching of Concerning Jesus Christ the Messiah, according to the revelation, the unveiling of the mystery of the plan of redemption, which was kept in silence and secret for all for long ages. So we see here the revelation is given um, the mystery of, of us being part of the body of Christ. The headship and the unity of one body. God's master plan was to bring everything together under the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee of God's promise, bringing uh, unity of the church. Members of the heavenly election, which, is we, which we are, are brought into this fellowship. The believer is presented as being in Christ. Redemption is viewed from a divine standpoint, not a human standpoint. So we have, we should glean all this in. Glory to God. So that's the book of Ephesians. We are traveling speedily this morning. 
Okay. Then the next book after Ephesians, we find in the book of Philippians. The main thought of Philippians is that all sufficiency of Christ in any circumstance, good or bad. So Christ is everything to us. Christ is the very means of life and death. Uh, let's go to Philippians chapter 1, looking at verse 20 and 21. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And see, uh, 20. Oh, I'm sorry, I started with 21. Let's go up to 21st. According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now as also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or death. In verse 21 again, for me to live is Christ and to, uh, to die is gain from the Amplified. Verse 20, in this keeping with my own eager desire and persistent expectation and hope that I shall be not dis uh, disgrace myself nor be put to shame in anything, but that with the uttermost freedom of speech and unfailing courage, now is always hereunto Christ the Messiah, to be magnified and to set glory and praise in this body of mine and boldly uh, exalted in my person, whether through and by life or through by death. Verse 21, for me to live is Christ, his life in me, and to die is gain, the gain of the glory of eternity. So we see here that we need to give ourselves over to the Lord. There's nothing that, that Paul said that uh, it was him. So uh, Philippians, that we need to magnify the Lord. We're finding out these epistles are written to this generation, this time that we're in to the believer today. These are things that we need to captivate and, and put into our system, as so to speak, to work. These are things that, uh, as we do them, uh, we will be well-pleasing to God. And uh, just as Paul said, as I follow Christ, follow me, we will end up in the right place. Not forsaking certain things. Amen. Glory to God. Okay, uh, let's see. It is a spiritual. Uh, it, it is a spiritual love letter to the church that keynotes victory and joy. So there is victory and if, as you as you read through on Philippians, there is victory and joy here that that we need to rejoice in. There's like uh, I think looked at uh, something. Uh, last week sometimes, that we need this spirit of joy constantly in us. There's too many uh, deadheaded, morbid, beaten down Christians today because they are not, or we are not, if, we, if, you, if you fall in that category, we are not into the Word of God. We're not rejoicing in the things that God has given us or the things that He plans to give us if we are using our faith to appropriate those things. 
Hello out there. Am I talking to four walls? Don't they have a song about four walls, I think? Never mind. <laughs> Those are four lonely walls. That's a country western song, okay? So you don't want to... We want to... If, if you got four walls, you want to... It says in, in, in the Word of God, hang scriptures on it. Like the, in the Old Testament, they need to... They said, when you enter into the into your house, you need to have scriptures reminding you. I mean, I've, we've been blessed to enter many of your homes and you do have scriptures on the walls that remind you that you need to be rejoicing. Whatever the situation. I mean, you could, the, the situation, it says you could be down at the lowest level that, that, that Satan would want you to have in that circumstance. But if you have Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, these things are subject to change. Those things are subject to change. You have the joy because you've been given victory. We have victory that overcomes the world. Amen. Glory to God. All right. That's in Flip. Oh, that we're still in Philippians. Okay. Uh, in Philippians chapter 1, let's, let's look at a couple of these. In, Philippians chapter 1, verse 2. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the, the purpose of the believer. We need to have peace from God. We need to have grace, that joy that's given unto us. Then in Philippians chapter 2, This is the pattern that we need to follow. In Philippians chapter 2, or the believer's pattern, in Philippians chapter 2, we're looking at verse 5. It says, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Verse 5 from the Amplified. Let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility. Glory to God. We need to... To have this mind. Um, I hate to say it. Too many Christians today have the attitude that they're better than others. Especially, you know, um, they think they know it all. And they will tell you they know it all. Uh, that's not the attitude that we have, should have. Because you don't, you won't know it all until you get to heaven and you still won't know it all because things will be revealed all through eternity what is going to take place. You say, God, how'd you do that? And he tells you and he says, wow, I know it all. He says, no, there's more to it. And it's just going to go through heaven that way. We're just going to have a joyful time in the word. Some of you say, ooh, wow. And another thing is, I'm getting off on this subject, but a little bit. A lot of Christians, um, we sang the song, I will stand and worship you. Um, a lot of Christians today don't feel that they need to worship God. But if that's the case, where are you going to be in heaven if you don't worship God? Now, I'm going to, this is a sidetrack, and I don't recall where the scripture is. 
But you remember where Jesus said they, they, they had the wedding feast and all the guests came in and one guest came in but he was not dressed appropriately and he stuck out like a sore thumb. I believe it was because of worship. He didn't have worship clothes on. Because if you don't have the worship clothes, you're out of there because you can't come in there on your own. Think about that for a second. Something to scratch your head over. That's not in Philippians, but okay. (laughs) Okay, in uh, Philippians chapter 3, looking at verse 14. This is the believer's prize while we're here. Verse 14. Philippians 3.14 I oppress towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. From the Amplified I oppress towards the goal to win the supreme heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. That's our, our, that's our prize to get to heaven. Uh, you can't, I was going to say by hook and crook, but you can't do it that way. <laughs> but we need, to, we need to really understand what the, word, what the Word of God is trying to tell us in these last days. We can't be deceived by, by thinking, well, I can do it through good works or I can wait a little bit on this and because we don't know when he's going to come. He's going to break those, that, those eastern skies and he's going to say, come up here. And if you're not ready, remember there were ten virgins. All were believers. They were all believing for who? The bridegroom. All ten were believing for the bridegroom. But five were not ready. We have to be the ones that are ready. So this is why we're going looking at the, the Bible in this way to find out certain things that other people don't know that we need to know to get to heaven. We need to have a good foundation. This is a foundation. We're just skimming across it and we're going to be picking up a bunch of other stuff later on. But This is, gives us a good idea what, what's in each book that we're should be reading. Boy, I wonder if you're reading out there. Okay, let's go to Pro, uh, not Proverbs, but uh, Philippians chapter 4 this time. And this is the believer's provision. Believer's provision. Philippians 4, looking at verse 19. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. From the Amplified, my God will liberally supply, fill to the full your need, your every need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. My, and the Psalms 23rd, my cup is just filled. No, it says my cup overfloweth. So what we see here, it's liberally supplied, filled to overflowing. God, God's supply is there for us. 
And someone has just said, I wish I had his checkbook. You do have his checkbook. Every promise that you find, God says, yea and amen. He will fulfill it. We need to take it. Take that promise. Write that check out. I think, uh, what was it about? Almost a year ago, we made checks out. And you could have wrote what you wanted on your check and believed for it. Glory to God. It's going to take place. Hey, even, even if you haven't cashed your check, you need to come bring it back to the Lord. Hey, I haven't cashed this check yet. I need it now. Or maybe he said, I need, a, I need a new check made out for me for this thing. Because I find another promise. And I'm just going to, not going to avoid that one out, but I'm making a new one to cover this other area. God, God's full of resources. You're not going to tap him out. All you have to do is call those things that be not as though they were. Say, this check is still valid. Well, the check I'm now making is valid. I'm calling it forth. Hey. And we don't have that much time left here. So these, these checks, these promises have to come, come quickly. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now that, now that we are uh, blessing Israel, anybody, I shouldn't say this, it should be the very beginning. Since they've been blessing Israel, just raise the hand if you've received new blessings or had new blessings since you've been given, giving to Israel. Have you seen something take place in your lives? Well, one... Two, anybody else? You guys aren't looking. Okay, there are at least two, two in this congregation that seen the blessing of Israel begin to overtake. And if you haven't, you better start speaking it. God says, whoever blesses Israel, I will bless them. That's a promise. Hello out there. Some of you saying, You guys, you got to look at it as God doesn't play games. What he says is what he means. Oh, glory to God. Uh, going back to Philippians, we're still in Philippians. Um, chapter 1, verse 9. For this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in the knowledge in all judgment from the Amplified. This I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more and extend to its fullest development in knowledge and all keen insight, that your love may dis display itself in greater depth of acquaintance and more comprehensive discernment. Wow. It means he's wanting the word to come so alive to, alive to us. To the fullest development of knowledge. Dan mentioned uh, witty inventions. Some of you have it deep within you. Start pulling these things up. God wants you to prosper. He's given us the knowledge to do it. 
And we sit idly by watching somebody else. Hello? Okay. And also in, in the book of Philippians, um, there's the first mention of bishops and deacons. Uh, okay. Now the book right after Philippians is Colossians. The central theme of Colossians is Christ, while that in Ephesians, it was a church. Uh, the adoration of angels and the performance of sacraments to improve the sanctity of the flesh created much error in the Colossians. In other words, Colossians got into ceremonial things uh, that uh, they thought they were going to get better at things. And that's not, that's not what it's needed. All that is needed for a complete Christian life is one, worship. Two, Service. Three, intellectual, spiritual progress. Again, all that's needed for a complete Christian life is one of worship, service, service and intellectual, spiritual progress. Uh, this is, is only found through the Word of God, through Christ Jesus. Wisdom and spiritual understanding can only act in the soul of the obedient in the word and deed. Spiritual, being spiritual, alive and active. Human direction is fatal to spiritual progress. Human direction is fatal to spiritual progress. Uh, too many of us rely on the flesh. We need to find out what God's word says. Be redirected, reprogrammed what God's asking us to do. Then we go to, right after Colossians, we find the book of 1 Thessalonians. In this book, the main theme is the future hope and the advent of Christ coming for His church and the rapture. Um, the three great principles of faith, hope, and love form the basis of spiritual life. So in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse, verses 4 through 10, um, from the King James, Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. So this is things that are revealed to us. We are elected of God. For our gospel came unto you in word, unto you, not in, unto you in word only, but also in power. And the Holy, Spirit, Holy Ghost, in much assurance, as you know, what manner of men we are among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us for the, for the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. So um, today, there are many people being persecuted and afflicted for being Christians. Uh, we already know that what the military is doing to Christians, the, they, put a, they put Christians on the top of the list of terrorists uh, that uh, the military is to combat. So uh, I don't know how they're going to do that, but it's a little bit lopsided, but everything's lopsided. Um, today, if, you're wa if you watch TV or something, you always... Um, 
They're always making jokes about Christians. We find out that our government is spying on Christians. If you're part of the Tea Party or a, or a conservative, uh, the government has you in, in sights as being a terrorist. So there are things that we are living in, just as uh, the Word of God says. Um, I know you, you can't post certain things on Facebook and stuff like that because some of them are blocked out because it's of a Christian element that you want to share with somebody. It's blocked out. Now that's freedom of speech as far as I'm concerned being taken away. But it's, it's there. We're living in this world that This New Testament tells us that when these things begin to come to pass, our redemption draweth nigh. And then, of course, all the things that are happening in, with Israel, we are ready for a send-off. Glory to God, hallelujah. Okay. Um, We have faith, faith for loving service, uh, verses 2 to 4. Um, verses 5 and 6 talks about spiritual, uh, being spiritually receptive. We need to be spiritually receptive. Um, verses 7 and 8 talked about being an influence, a good influence. And verses 9 and 10 uh, tells us that we have a have abandoned idolatry. These are those, these are believers that are sticking with the word and not abandoning it. Because there's believers today that are floundering. Uh, and if we go back, let me put that, make a check here on one thing, if we, if we get there. Okay. All right. In 2 Thessalonians, moving along rapidly, or 2 Thessalonians, the central theme is, again, the coming of, of uh, Christ. Um, and what was uh, those people, these Thessalonians, thought Christ, the Lord was coming so, at, at that time in their lives, that many of them quit their jobs. Uh, we can't. Uh, we've been told. We are told to occupy until he returns, not to um, sit down and wait. Okay. Uh, Paul uh, inferred that certain events needed to take place before Jesus returned. Uh, there was a warning of an unrest of worldwide rebellion, deception, and apostasy. Boy, and the wicked one would be revealed, and we are. In all of that, except for the wicked one re being revealed, he's alive today. You may want to, may have give thoughts to who it could be. There's, throughout the world, one person's name is coming up all over the place. I ain't going to say who, but they're they're saying he's can change things, make things right. We will let that one go. All right. <laughs> then we go to. 
First Timothy. These are the first of the what we call the pastor's epistles. Um, and the first one here, uh, Paul warns Timothy of false teachers and uh, supervises public worship and the appointment of church officials, how, how he needs to do this. Second Timothy, uh, we find here that many of Paul's friends abandoned him, not wishing to be uh, imperiled alive by showing uh, their friendship to him. That's why a lot of them deserted him, because at this time, um, Christians were being tortured, eliminated. Nero had his um, light standards outside his road there, burning Christians at the stake and so forth. And many of the, uh, uh, quote, friends or of Paul, and they, he gives names in there. So when you read that, you'll find out who abandoned, abandoned them. Uh, let's go to, well, let's look at it one. Uh, oh, I jumped, okay, this is second Timothy. I'm speaking now, okay, I'm sorry. Second uh, Timothy chapter one. Uh, verse uh, 15, verse, uh, 2 Timothy 1.15. This thou knowest that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me. Of whom, I'm not going to even pronounce their names. Got two of them there. The people are turning away from Paul because of implications that uh, he was... Uh, Strong and confident in the Lord. Uh, today, many Christians say they're Christians until something comes up and then um, they kind of wander away because they don't want to be persecuted or pinpointed. I hope that's not you. When things happen, you stand for the Lord. Amen. And chapter 4 also goes into it. Chapter 4 gives another one. Chapter 4, verse uh, 10. For Demetrius has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and he's departed unto uh, Thessalonica. And you have two other people also kind of deserting Paul. So, um, it's bad when people turn away from you. When you stand for Christ, but that but it's happening today. So we we need to be sure that we don't fall into that trap or that deception because uh, uh, it, Jesus says, "If you deny me, the Father will deny you." So those are strong words. So better. Get beefed up, get some courage, have boldness to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, in that Second Timothy, also uh, Paul finally uh, uh, encourages Timothy to hang in there; things will go well. Then, right after Second uh, Timothy, we find the book of Titus. Titus was a Gentile. And um, 
he is noted in Galatians, the book of Galatians, so we can move back there to the book of Galatians chapter 2. Look at verse 3. That's uh, Galatians 2, uh, verse 3. But neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. So we see Titus was a Gentile, uh, a good friend and helper of Paul. He was trustworthy and unselfish. The book of Titus' theme are on the ministerial duties and doctrines with the emphasis on maintaining good works, church organization, and discipline. If the precious properties ordained by God are not maintained, liberty perishes and carnal Tyranny replaces Christian freedom. Um, let me read that again. If precious proprieties ordained of God are not maintained, liberties perish. You can look, look at that in our own nation. We, this nation was founded on godly principles, but they are being eradicated, and we see that carnal things are now being... Uh, employed in our nation uh, and they're replacing, replacing freedoms with, our freedoms with a bondage to uh, man-made laws, okay? The book of Philemon or the one chapter of Philemon. Uh, Philemon is a, uh, a rich individual in Colossae who has a Slave, onipotence, or I, I've heard it pronounced different ways. So, uh, but uh, he has run away. He's a runaway slave. They feel that he had also uh, stole things from uh, Philemon. But uh, onipotence was converted under Paul, and uh, is under the new influence of uh, of being a believer. He returns to his master, uh, Philemon. Um, Paul pleads that the beneficence be forgiven and restored to favor. This book uh, talks about the importance of uh, having sympathy and Christian brotherhood to uh, remove all social classes and distinctions when it comes to being one in Christ or being part of the body of Christ. Uh, there is neither, it says there's neither rich nor poor, Greek nor Jew, but we are all one. And this is what this is what Philemon is, or this book of Philemon tells us that uh, there's no distinction. There should be no distinction. And then when one comes to the Lord, the old thing should be. The old man is forgotten or left. Put away. We need to do, see the same thing. Well, I know your past. He spit. You know. <laughs> we can't say that. I, his past is gone. He can't bring up the past. Or my past. You know, Unless you give, give your own past out. But I mean, it should be one that brings one into the glory of God. I was this, but now I'm saved. You know, I don't do those things. Anymore. That's what Paul said. He didn't kill anybody, but how many people did he... How many people did he put in prison? He says, I didn't do any of those things. 
So if he can say it, we can say it. He's a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. We need to know that. Then after Philemon, we find the book of Hebrews. This is, was written to, the, to assure Jewish believers or converts. And the faith um, that Jesus is the Messiah was, was, was secure and reasonable. There is no need now for a temple. Um, Jesus cleared the way for direct access to God's throne. And uh, let's go to chapter 4. We'll see that in chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, looking at verse, uh, beginning with verse 14. Seeing that we have a great high priest which has passed into the heavens, Jesus, Son of God, let us hold fast our, our profession, for we not have a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet was out sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of God, uh, grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in a time of need. Glory to God. And then, then also that uh, the Jewish believers still believe that uh, in the blood sacrifice of animals, but that was no longer necessary because Jesus is the Lamb of God. You'll find that in chapter 10. Looking at verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiness by the blood of Jesus and by a new and living way which hath uh, consecrated for us through the veil which is to be, say, his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from evil conscience with our bodies washed with pure water. So uh, it's no necessary to have uh, the, the temple nor the, the animal sacrifices, which many of the Jewish believers, new converts to, to Jesus, still believe. Um, Jesus is the system that abolishes the old system or the, the Old Testament in some aspects. You know, some of the things like Ten Commandments and stuff we, we still regard, but you know, they didn't have to follow the laws of the Old Testament, the 600 some odd laws that they had to do. Okay, now uh, that, would took, that took care of the 14 um, Pauline epistles. And now we look at the seven general epistles. The book of James is next. Again, this is written to Jewish converts uh, that they practice uh, practical religion uh, manifesting in good works contrast with a profession of faith. Uh, it was James's true and false, gives true and false religion. Some marks of the true faith is joy and patience, unwavering faith, and having singleness of mind. The endurance of temptation. Boy, all these great things. <laughs> Spiritual hearing, forsaking all evil, a reception of faith, searching for truth, doing good works. Those are some of the things of uh, the book of James. So 
we need to take all those things. We, we've read those things, and we need to adhere to them. Then after James, boy, I tell you, we're moving real quick. We might get through it today. Right after James, we find who? First Peter. Um, First Peter is addressed to the elect to encourage, equip, and strengthen the brethren in difficult times ahead and to feed the flock, to let them know that rejection and the feel of bitter hatred of the world towards them because of their love for the Lord. So Peter just admonishes, hey, you're going to go through these things. There's certain sufferings or persecutions that you're going to have, but hang true. And these, what these, this, this latter section that we've been reading or looking at is exactly what Christians are dealing with today. Maybe not in this country, but around the world. Because uh, and if those things are happening around the world, we are close. And things are, are, are being eroded in our own country. So we are getting close. So we need to really stand up. Take a, uh, we need to be the light in darkness. Not the ember, but the light. Okay? Okay. Um, in 2 Peter, uh, Peter talks about false teachers with licentious lifestyles that are causing his readers uh, to, let's see, to be careful lest they are inflicted or inflicted by false teachers. Uh, make sure, he says, make sure your calling and election is sure in your own heart by walking in love and faith as to not stumble. So love and faith, he says, is what needs to be carried through when uh, these things are taking place around us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. In 1 John this epistle belongs to the future, talking about the future today. Concerns the believers during the period immediately prior to the coming of the Lord. That fellowship can only be enjoyed as a man walks in the light, as God is in the light. Now, you have to be, in, in this last day, you need to be strong. You can't, you can't be compromising on God's word. We live in a, in a day that we cannot compromise God's word any longer. You cannot compromise your walk with the Lord. As, he is in the, as God is light, we need to be in the light. We cannot compromise. Again, the ten virgins, five made it, five did not. The five did not make it is because they compromised on the word. They compromised something kept them out. And they knocked on the door and says, don't you know that we're here? And Jesus said, I never knew you. Yet, when they were together, they were all what? In one unit. So we need to not compromise. This is not the time to compromise, okay? And 2 John, this again is a personal letter. True Christian love is based on Truth through grace, mercy, and peace can be enjoyed. But loving, listen to this, but loving people must not be uh, construed as the encouragement to false doctrine. 
We need to be loving, but we should not fall or be encouraged to follow false doctrine. We need to be, again, like, like the book of Acts, chapter 17, verse 11. We need to know what's there. Know what the Word says. False teachers are traveling from congregation to congregation, denying that the Son of God has really been uh, incarnated. Okay. Third John. Again, this is a personal letter. Again, false doctrine and evil conduct has, uh, has come. Corruption of doctrine... Rejection of, of uh, apostolic teaching, and there is religious assumption not recognized by the church, and it's being uh, needs to be opposed. So there are certain things that are uh, coming across uh, that are not recognized by the Word of God, like like we mentioned the, the other day. Chrysalum is not what you need to get into. It's a false doctrine. And those that are doing it are leading people astray. Okay. The book of Jude. We will get out here early. The book of Jude tells Christians to contend for the faith once given to the saints that the apostasy, apostasy which, of which Paul spoke was threatened, threatening Moral re rebellion and self-will pressing for a change of the gospel. And also, in the book of Jude, I should have wrote it down. But it's such a short chapter, you can read it. It talks about being twice dead. If you are twice dead, you are not going to make it. What is twice dead? Twice dead means you were dead to Christ before you were born again. Verse 12. Thank you. There are spots in your feast of charity, verse, uh, from the King James, when the feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds without water, carried about with winds, trees whose fruit withers, Without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Twice dead. Okay, we're, we're looking at this in the spiritual context. We were dead to Christ before coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? But you were made, made alive. Glory to God. But if you died to Christ, you are dead. That's what he's talking about, twice dead. You, can't, you don't want to fall in that category. That means you are abandoning Christ. That's a heavy thing, okay? Um, again, it's moral rebellion. This is moral rebellion, self-willed, uh, pressing for the changes of God. Uh, like if you were to... We ran into one individual... Back in Oklahoma, that became, fought, fell in that position of being twice second dead. He was a Baptist, was a Baptist preacher that abandoned, abandoned the gospel 
four another religion said this is the only way you can do it it's wrong but he, people are what can we say okay all right we come to the final book the book of revelation this book is the moral and spiritual conflict of the ages the central figure is the Lamb of God. Being victorious, leading the faithful into eternity with joy unspeakable and full of gladness, and Satan being banished or banished forever into the depths of hell. And the thousand year reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So that kind of gives you a synopsis of what we're doing. If I get, well, I won't spring that on you right now. I'm not too sure when. It, but it's going to be something on, on this latter part. Glory to God. Anybody needing prayer this morning? According to my watch, I get five minutes. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks for letting us look into your word. The foundation, Father God, to which we must be settled upon. It's the cornerstone of our lives, Father. We praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord, that your Holy Spirit takes this message, Father God, and reveals to us, Father God, where we need, Father God, to have things cleared up, that we walk, Father God, in light as you are in the light, Father God, that we no longer compromise on the things of God, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that we are the light of the world. And as we go out, Father God, that light will draw men to know the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you once again, Father God, for the privilege of being in the family of God. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you.